How much wood could a what is it? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How much could a woodchuck chuck? <laughs> how much could chuck, a, How much wait, no, how much could a how much could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck would? No, if a woodchuck could chuck wood. If a wood it's a, chuck, it's like a Well his name is fucking woodchuck. Of course he's gonna it's chuck a wood. Sentence it's a stupid a, question. It's a, it's a sentence and a question and a conjugate conjugation and is that a, a conjugation <laughs> i don't know what the fuck i I'm literally about. i only know what a conjugation i'm is not from Spanish. america it, i've english was never my like in so like a subject wise english was never my strong suit i don't even know what a compound sa- okay okay that you, i know okay no shut but the like fuck all up. the other things like i don't even know what the other things are like i can't even remember That's subject no I, I couldn't tell you a subject it's this okay you know what a subject is in general like if the topic I, right the focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense, the subject is like the thing that is like doing actions. Right, right, right. Or like nouns action. and round nouns and verbs. I get proverbs, proverbs. I'm kind of hazy on that. I'm thinking of proverbs like sayings, but yeah. I know there's like a. We're googling this real quick. <laughs> what the fuck is a proverb? Dude, I honestly. Welcome to Merriam and Webster with Sod and Share. Okay, this gave me the Bible, the Book of <laughs> Proverbs. No, no, no. Wait, no, not that grammar. Yeah. No, I think proverbs. Pro- you're thinking of what the fuck is conjugations. You know how like the sentence structures were. They were like, "Here, read a, this a sentence." Prov- a proverb. Proverb is a type of substitution in which a verb or phrase takes the place of another verb, usually to avoid repetition. You lost me. So it's like I'm using the word "run" too much. So now I'm going to say "sprint." Okay. I think <laughs> I have no. I'm in the. I'm in the deep. Maybe we need to. So like- let's go back to our math exercises. Pecocks, pee on pecans. Peacocks, pee on pecans. We're good to go. Is that coming in? Oh, yeah. Drop a beat. Start rapping. We're music producers now. <clears throat> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode eight of the great Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket. Rhyming is easy. This is Sod. This is Cher. We are stuffed to the brim. Oh, yeah. What did we eat today, Sod? <sighs> so, you know, usually, when do we usually record? Like 5 p.m., 6 p.m.? Yeah, Actually, it's like later in the day. Usually later after, in the day. <laughs> and most of the time, we're like tired of shit. Too. Yeah. Like, it's like after dinner for us. The past four or five recordings, we've like come back at nine and then start recording. Like, fuck, I'm tired. Yeah, it's it's not the best of uh, brain so function time. So if you have a problem with our content, that's why. Yeah, and if we're a little bit more active and jittery this morning is because it's it's literally uh, 12, 23 12, p.m. 12, 23. We had breakfast at around 10. Yes. 10 we're just like very like... We're getting, we're making good time today. Oh, we're doing excellent time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm also on a crunch. Yes. And then you're on a crunch tomorrow. tomorrow yes. So it's like this is the only look. Look how much we're doing for y'all. We're so you stupid fucking. <laughs> so for breakfast, we went to this little spot called Homemade H O M E M A I D mm-hmm. in Baltimore, South Key Highway. Delicious, comforting, soulful, filling, mm-hmm. warm filling, Fill inviting. It. Like southern brunch food type. Oh yeah, we had three biscuits. But those biscuits are honestly the best biscuits I've ever legitimately tried. the best biscuits I've ever had. They're, they come with like a raspberry compote on top. Oh yeah, they're buttery, 
Flaky. Flaky, but still light. Yeah, crispy. See, like, my problem with the Red Lobster biscuits, those bitches heavy. Like, oh, they're yeah. delicious, but I can only, like, these I could eat two plates of those. Yeah. And you did, almost. <laughs> uh, I won. No, I won. <laughs> oh, right. You took I gave my good one to my mom. Gotcha. Yeah, my mother loved it, too. Yeah. And then for our entrees, I had a crab cake sandwich with a fried egg and turkey bacon on top. Yeah, and I got a bite of that joint, and it was delicious. And I had this, like, really fancy-looking uh, grits with their homemade house sauce on it. Like, uh-huh. it was like a little ball of it in the middle. And then blackened salmon, which was perfect. It was perfect. It was real good food. Yeah, my friend recommend. My friend, I'm not gonna say this friend's name because I'm about to say something that I shouldn't be saying. That's kind of <laughs> funny. Um, one of my friends recommended to me. Shout out that friend. And then um, their spouse was like, because they both had went. That narrows there, right? it down. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it. See, like a spouse. I mean, actually, yeah, that makes it very obvious. But um, their spouse was like, oh yeah, there's all usually like a lot of black people there, and I was like, okay, why are you telling me this? And, and then and then the spouse was like. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I felt weird because I feel like I'm invading their space. I, I can see that I, a bit. I, and then they said, like, I felt when I walked in, like, they were looking at me, like, as if, like, why are you here? Yeah. You're not black. And I was like, you're, I it's, think you're overanalyzing. I think it might bit. be just, like, because you, because they might have felt like a, like a little sense, not sensitive, but, like, heightened sensitivity around it that they probably were just like okay they, they might be giving me looks because I'm here I mean, because that's, it that's is that's assuming space, they actually you know? were giving looks because sometimes I think you would just assume that people are doing they something and like they weren't they could be like we were in there we were fine right yeah. well there was also like there was like a white table behind us too there was one white table yeah. they were very white yeah but when I walked in like the guy who greeted me was like this ambiguous whiter guy my favorite kind of person I couldn't tell if he was like Latin or just like a tanner I want to like I see somebody like I want to do a 23 and me on you right now I carry a kit with me in my pocket like hold on give me your piss <laughs> All right, let's see. open your mouth uh, 25% Guatemalan 6% Cherokee 74% Syrian what the fuck <laughs> like, did that I, Irish in there I, Irish in like I don't know what's happening over here but yeah food's excellent Um, I remember when they told me that the whole like oh it seems like it's a space for black people I feel like I'm invading I'm like it's food it's con- you're giving them business yeah, yeah. like let, that's okay that's fine <laughs> I can understand that sometimes but I mean, it's also like key hot. That's a very gentrified spot. Oh yeah, like when so I was, like yeah. I was also like that's what I don't understand about this this line of reasoning. Also, is that they know where they are. Yeah, they're they're catering to this this place was partly designed to allure like white people. Oh yeah, who have that like weird anxiety about being white, but they want to be an ally, and they're like, oh, I'm supporting a, a local small black business. Yeah. They're taking, they're wondrous to take advantage of that, and I respect that. And it's pretty, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta finesse, be Professor Finesse somehow, you know? My goal in life, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of goals, <laughs> but my one goal in life is to, same idea, same dynamic, it'll be like a little kebab food truck. Not platters, because there's too many of the platter. What, what's the, what, what, actually, Let's let's work on this. What food truck of like desi or Mediterranean food would you know, be good? You know what would work? What would work? Um, burrata rolls, where there's like a kebab Ooh. mixed in like a either burrata or naans, and like you can like wrap it up chutney. I think naan would be better. Well, yeah, I mean, but they, that means it's but normally naan, but they just call them burrata rolls. I don't yeah. know why they call them. No, no, I've had a burrata. Yeah, but normally, like when I've had when I was in Pakistan, like I was in the markets, yeah. they call them burrata rolls, but they're like. They're oh, yeah. nons too. Oh, yeah. And I'll market it like, oh, it's a, it's a Pakistani burrito. I'll say that <laughs> and they'll, they'll love that it's shit. A, it's a wrap. Oh, my God. And I'll, and I'll have like pictures of, um, of Ilan Omar 
and like a Palestine flag. Yeah. I'm like really gonna egg just in like on this. lean into it. Uh, I'm gonna have a picture of like the twin towers blowing up <laughs> and be like, look, after 9/11, my life's been hard. <laughs> Come on, y'all, help me out. Yeah, like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. It's like I was I was nine years old when that happened. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Really I did not. I went. I played Mario that day. Yeah, <laughs> I went uh, home. I wasn't even in the United States. My grandfather was a Muslim. Speaking of speaking uh, of invading spaces for different races, we're talking about. Our favorite topic. We talked about this on our advice column. Who was the enemy of the advice column? Who was, <clears throat> who was public? White women. White women. Yeah. Talking about them today. But this time, we're picking a specific target. Yes. So this is a little bit more of a major news network kind of thing, deal that we're going to go into. And today's, uh, what we're grilling is uh, Rachel Nichols. She is an ESPN reporter who has been in some hot waters lately because of a leaked conversation she had behind closed doors with a colleague. Um, I think his name was Adam Mendelson. I, I, I saw that he's like LeBron's spokesperson. Or is he his agent? Yeah, he's, oh, okay. he's very closely related with LeBron. I don't think he's in like LeBron's main camp because mm-hmm. LeBron's main camp is like his homeboys that he grew up with. Yeah. But he is like, and he's like one of LeBron's like agents and representatives. Uh-huh. Which even makes this thing like, I don't know, more complex. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy's related to, like, LeBron somehow. It might just be that, like, ESPN, like, hired him for him. Yeah, just, so, like, I don't know whatever, how much whatever LeBron has in that. Yeah, so Rachel Nichols and Adam Mendelson were having a conversation behind closed doors mm-hmm. about how ESPN had basically offered the final starting role. The NBA Finals just wrapped up, and the, the main host that they wanted was Maria Taylor. Mm-hmm. Maria Taylor is another... ESPN journalist, and she's black. She's a mm-hmm. prominent black woman in, in sports. Um, and they had basically given that lead role to her mm-hmm. over Rachel Nichols, who Rachel Nichols has been doing. There's a show called on, uh, The Jump on ESPN. Basketball players host it, and, you know, it's very closely related to basketball. Yeah. So she was doing that for a while, and she was kind of expecting, because that's her gig, basketball is like her thing, that she was going to be the host of the NBA Finals mm-hmm. and then be able to like give the trophy and everything. But instead, they offered it to Maria Taylor. And in this conversation, she said that ESPN was feeling the heat, the diversity heat that they haven't been so good on, their, inclusive, their inclusivity and whatnot, that that is the reason why Maria Taylor got the job, essentially because she's black. Yeah. It's like the affirmative action argument, like, oh, black people are getting to co- this college, which I didn't get into yes. because of affirmative action. Yes. Same thing. Exactly. And if we dissect it a little bit more and really look into it, the background of we're going to, you know, same standard on both of these women. Maria Taylor, who's who's in question, who got the job, is a pretty good journalist and reporter. She went to University of Georgia, did SEC uh, journalist over there, covered basketball, football. She actually got a scholarship for volleyball and basketball. So she actually has some legs to stand on when she talks about sports. Whereas if we kind of look back on Rachel Nichols' history mm. about this. So she started working at ESPN in 2004. Okay. Right? What happened before that? So in 2001, she got married. Oh, Congrats, good. Oh, Rachel. Good for you, Rachel. She got married to, what was his name? Max Nichols. Okay. Right? Okay. If you, if you like, look at the family tree real quick, mm. Max Nichols' parents, Rachel Nichols' in-laws, the mother-in-law is Diane Sawyer. Interesting. Does that ring a bell, mm. ladies and gentlemen? Abka. Yeah, she's pretty much the queen of ABC. She's been on ABC for 25, 30 years, late night, you know, news shows. She's been one of the most prominent faces of ABC, 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 ABC. And 
her husband, Diane Sawyer's husband, is another prominent director in Hollywood. Yeah. So you, you, you go on their Wikipedia pages. They both it's got long. pictures. It's long. Yeah. Accolades. You know when it's like the, they got pictures and it's like red carpet pictures. Yeah. Like, okay, these this, people this are This is your somebody. family. So it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. And the whole argument that Rachel Nichols basically made was like, she, Maria Taylor got this job because ESPN was feeling the heat and because she's black. They wanted to promote a black woman mm-hmm. over her, who's a white woman. Mm-hmm. But when you really dissect it and look at it, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, Rachel. You pretty much got these yeah. ESPN Disney journalist role because your mother-in-law is Diane Sawyer. Yeah. So that's that's we, a, yeah, to be clear, we can't like confirm you you can never like directly one hundred percent confirm like you got it because of this. Anyone with half a brain would know that it plays a huge your family role. was like probably seventy percent. And that's that's true of like all like journalists, newspaper yeah. jobs, news jobs. It's it's all like legacy yeah same with hollywood yeah all even stuff. even diane sawyer right like i did a little bit of research on her her first job out of college was to be on the press team for a president nixon she was on nixon's press team out of college who as was, a journalist who was her family member that got her in i don't know but oh. like i'm just speaking on the fact that back then a black person who just graduated college would never be on like yeah a, like their first job out of college is on a president's press team yeah. you know what i mean so i mean maybe she worked her My hand in water or something but that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not a it. whole thing so that's that's kind of like the dichotomy right it's like white women versus black women and we know that black women majority of the time get the brunt end of so, a lot of different things so there's a specific quote that in that leaked audio that rachel nichols said where she said i think it's kind of crummy that espn is doing this because they feel pressure on the racing i get it like from a feminist perspective yep <laughs> that's a that's a very weird statement where you're like not so low-key bashing another woman for getting a job and that you're you saying, want and you're like complaining about it. it's like oh that's very you feminist like, of you oh i understand it from a f- female yeah. standpoint because maybe rachel nichols has fought through some you know female you know gender barriers at yeah. espn because it's very male dominated yeah. sports also like sports is in and of itself male dominated. yeah super male dominated so some I'm, of her I'm most sure. important roles and, and interviews was about like ray rice and floyd mayweather yep about like domestic Fan- violence fantastic athletes terrible husbands <laughs> Fantastic athletes on and off the field. I mean, that's a show of like, like Floyd is probably like keeping his guard up while he's beating women. <laughs> Ray Rice is uppercutting girls. Yeah, it's like in immaculate form. Yeah, probably not the target you want. Yeah, but what is femin? Like, what is white feminism, right? Because in this in this little section, she's saying I understand it from a feminist mm-hmm. fem- uh, point of view, but she's bashing another black woman. Yeah, for getting well, a, a black job, woman, not another black woman. She she ain't black. Oh, yeah, yeah, a a yeah. black. She and Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. Like, I'm black now. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> nah, she wishes. I'm Rochelle Nichols. Oh shit, Rochelle <laughs> Nichols. What? What if she changed her name? <laughs> what if she changed her last name to N I G G? No, no. <laughs> like I'm an Rochelle. It's like oh, Rachel. No. Like she, Rachel Nichols is like a redhead, like white pasty woman. Yeah, like, it's just so funny. Nichols. Man. Yeah, come on. Yeah. That, oh, that's like um Tommy Nichols from Rugrats. Nichols. You ever watched Rugrats? Yeah, I was. I don't know, man. I wasn't that into Rugrats. It's just like a bombshell. Listen, I didn't grow up in the United States. I was like, you came in when you were like six. What do you mean? I was like close to seven, bro. I wasn't oh, watching Rugrats go, back then. <laughs> okay, but what is white feminism, right? It's To me, when I hear that, it's a sense of like, I'm only going to talk about stuff that impacts me directly. Like, oh, I'm a female, so I know like the struggle of... 
being a female in a male-dominated sport or male-dominated industry, but then I'm completely ignoring yeah. the black female side of it. Yeah. You know? Or like POC in general. Yeah, just POC in general. W- WOC, I guess. Yeah, women of, of color. Yeah. Walk. 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 So I make my karate in. <laughs> That's not a bad one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, and let, let's actually broaden that out a little bit, right? You said like, what is white feminism? Mm-hmm. Take out the white. What the fuck is feminism? Right. Because you can say like in a vacuum, oh yeah, I support like equal rights for like women. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, what do you think is like the problem that women face? Right. Yeah. And then you get very different answers yep. depending on like your background, where you uh, come your experiences, from. Yeah. your race, like as you pointed out. And like you said, like for there is the reason why white feminism is like a coined phrase is that there's a long history of white women advocating and using like the the brand of women empowerment only for themselves though. Yep. It's often like a middle upper class analysis. Mm-hmm. It's um like the women's suffrage movement was all about like getting women to vote. It's like Susan B. Which, Anthony. It's, it's, now what does Susan B. Anthony say? Who is Susan B. Anthony? So, so back in the early 1900s when women obviously were did not have the right to vote and all this other stuff, she was an activist. And she's seen in American history as like a very like important woman figure because yeah. she really did push the envelope to get women yeah. the right to vote and, you know, be able to work in factories, blah, 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 blah. She has a very important quote to me that kind of like is like, yo, like, can we look at this real quick? Yeah. So she basically said that I would rather die before I let a black woman vote before me. And I think that's like a perfect mm-hmm. like analogy and kind of puts a bow on white feminism because it's yeah. like, oh, no, like. Like these guys are looking at me differently at work. Like I'm a woman, so they don't want me to be in like powerful positions. But it's like, fuck off, like black yeah. women, right? And just people of color. It's like, what is affecting me? And Susan B. Anthony was like, no, no, no. White women deserve to vote before black yeah. women do. So it's like, it's not, it's not feminism for in that aspect. It's not like a plain field for all women. It's like, no, no, no. What's affecting me right now? Yeah. That's what's important to yeah. me. I don't give a fuck about everything else. This is one of our favorite topics always hit on it's a it's a whole it's a whole representation thing and i'm gonna get away from that term representation it's about competing interests Mm -hmm. because when you talk about women put aside the rest of the world let's just talk about america right right all right we're talking about let's see the population of america is what 400 million something i think it's probably closer there now yeah yeah so (laughs) we're looking roughly very roughly 200 million people make math for women right all right what is the agenda of 200 million people you can't fucking do that Mm -mm. that is a lot of people yeah now you're gonna have to cut across like okay well black women and white women have different agendas rich women and uh poor women have different agendas rich white women and poor black women have different you can start like just crisscrossing in every single way possible what do you think is gonna get the most like what brand of feminism we're saying there's different kinds of feminism for like different kinds of women which one do you think is going to get the most profile I think the one who's like the majority population, which is white women, white, like women. white people are just or specifically like who has access to like oh, the, the most news platforms and everything. The rich can be the rich white yeah, women, the rich ones. They yeah. got they got the powerful. They got that social stability. They have like the the power dynamic within society to yeah. kind of voice their opinions yeah. over. And that's like Bill Burr had a really funny thing. Oh right, right, and right. He was like, white women have hijacked every single movement. Yeah. To their own benefit. He was like, it is, he was like, I want like scientists to study this because any kind of movement that happens, white women just skip to the front of the line, swing their Gucci heeled boot across, like, I don't feel good about this, and just talk about it in their viewpoint. There was a point though. 
because like the, the keyword was competition and in that leaked audio because i want to give a little bit of credit to what they were saying right um adam was adam mendelson adam mendelson, yeah. adam mendelson made a point near the end of that audio that and he was like half joking but there was truth to it that these are two women who are competing for a spot yep Meanwhile, in like the board of like ESPN and all that, there's so many white men, men whose yeah. seats are not being contested. Yeah. Right? It's it's the competition is about women fighting each other for, for their one spot. Which, granted, I don't even know if that's true. That if Rachel Nichols was ever even like in a contender for that spot to report the finals, so like that just seems like she's being kind of selfish. I don't know. I think she. I think she was. She's one of the more prominent reporters uh-huh. on there. And just about what you said. I just think it's funny that Rachel Nichols was like, I understand it from the feminist point of view. But Adam Mendelson made that point. It's like, okay, like, oh, right. why aren't, why, why are, like, the, the issue should be not that Maria Taylor got the job over you. The issue is that ESPN is only allowing one woman to be on that stage. Yeah. So that's the point. And that's what actually something that other people brought up as well, like in, in, in the aftermath. Yeah. They were like, whoa, Rachel Nichols, why don't you, instead of being prejudiced, and focusing and borderline racist to be completely honest instead of focusing your energy on maria taylor who deserves that spot because she actually has the resume and criteria to get that why don't you focus on why espn only thinks only one woman deserves to be on that stage or like why aren't there more roles for women journalists maybe not on that stage in particular but like in general why aren't there more high profile roles like being given to women yeah and adam mendelson and this is like the whole thing that really fucked this whole thing up for them is that Oh yeah, Adam Mendelson at the end of it was like, you know what, man? I'm just getting real tired of that Me Too and Black Lives Matter like, movement. Why is he bringing Me Too into this? Well, like, hold up, Adam. As what's a man, about, what's I guess. About to, what's about to come out for you? Yeah, like some some news about a yeah. leak. That's weird to bring Me Too into this. Shit. And that and that just like rubbed me completely the wrong way because yeah. it's like, yo, you work with LeBron James, so you have absolutely no problem profiting off of LeBron fucking James, yeah. who's just actually touched a billion dollars. He's a billionaire yeah. now, which, like... It's a sad day. Damn it, it's a sad day for me, because fuck billionaires. When you put him I under a guillotine, so like, much. fuck. Yes, like, I got, I'm, before, like, when the war happens and I have to kill... And oh, bro, it's going to be your Gurbani. That's, that's, that's your goat right there. Easy. Be my, hey, that's a good one. There we go. That's my We're goal. clipping that one. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, they have no problems reporting and profiting off of black athletes but then behind closed doors having these kind of conversations like man i'm just tired of it and rachel nichols like if you listen to the audio of it the way she like laughs and says haha yeah yeah it's like very like yeah like she's like agreeing with it Cher like told me what you know he wanted to do this topic right and he was talking about the audio i had a basic idea of what the audio was and he told me that okay rachel nichols laughed after that and i genuinely asked like was that like a oh haha like i need to get off this topic now because this is very uncomfortable or like a very but then i listened to the audio like oh she's all in on this yeah she agrees with him 100 she's like yeah Black Lives Matter is getting too far because they are coming out from my seat. Yeah. Which is like, it's kind of an annoying thing that Mendelssohn's point is cogent. Yeah. It makes sense. There's weight to it. He I, also said that stupid crap. And it's like, yeah. well, people are going to focus on that and like kind of distract yeah. from like an actually good point. And when I first like, when I first saw this, this cooking up, because this was like beginning of July, this all this came out. Um, when I heard it first, I was like. I'm not going to give any validity to Rachel Nichols' point because I think it was very prejudiced and whatnot. But what I want to highlight in that is that ESPN does have a very bad track record yeah. of diversity and inclusion. Like, just take it to like three years ago, four years ago, when Colin Kaepernick was a huge news source, right? Mm-hmm. And they were fucking milking that shit. But Jamil Hill, Jamil Hill, she was. Jamel? I thought there was Jamil. Jamel. 
I'm gonna say Jamil Share. We'll say Jamil. You guys will hate us for that, but that's what we're gonna do. We need to hey, pronounce the H. Yeah, if fuck y'all. Yeah, we listen. I say it right, or he says it right. At least Hot Pocket got it right. We, we look exactly. We cover our bases. Yeah, Has it's he, gonna be like Jamella or something. We're like we're both wrong. <laughs> we're idiots. There's no way it's Jamella. So Jamil Hill, she was another ESPN reporter. Uh, again, black woman. And she had her own show on ESPN. She was doing good for it, you know, good talking points and everything. And she was a stark supporter of Colin Kaepernick when it was unpopular to support yeah. Colin Kaepernick. And guess what ESPN did? They fired her. They Good fired job. her, got her off the air, basically blackballed her from the industry because ESPN, again, is owned by Disney. And Disney owns pretty much everything else. So she had to, like, really, like, fight her way through, like, the little... You know, outlets. Uh, okay, you know what? I, I kind of disagree with you on this point. You do? I, I don't think it was that hard for her to get. Because she has like a very, she got a very successful podcast and all that not that long after. True. I think she kind of, there is like an element, because she was a very high profile case of that. Yeah. She was able to ride that, that kind hey. of controversy into like something. And now like, and she is just like somebody who's like, and in the same way that anybody in that industry does, she's just like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah, it, yeah. essentially. Also, At like, this Jamel point, Hill's yeah, like a ve- is a very unfunny. Like, I've seen her Twitter. She is very unfunny. Like, it's ridiculous like, how hard she tries to be funny. Like, yeah, you see people this week no, going like, yo. She has, no, she has no funny bone in her body. She's got it's no like, funny bone in her body. It's really she's funny. really trying. Like, I support you for the call Kaepernick thing, but it's like, yeah, everything else is like, like uh, yo, your tweets suck. Yeah, sometimes. And listen, I didn't really agree with her, like, sports views on certain things when she was talking about, like, Tom Brady and all this. But, like. Her social views on sports are, like, good, I would say. You know, she got fired. So ESPN was kind of feeling the heat on that. So in a very light point that Rachel Nichols made that, hey, ESPN's doing this because they feel pressure. And I think there's some truth to that because they've botched it beforehand. Mm Mm-hmm. That they're like, okay, listen, we can't we can't continue to fuck this up. Let us just like yeah. put Maria Taylor on there, even yeah. though Maria Taylor deserves that spot. But yeah. now people who feel that way, like Rachel Nichols, Rachel's Nichols does, they have a leg to stand on to be like, oh hey, you guys are doing this because not because she actually deserves a job, but because you guys have been so bad at this lately. Yeah, you know, it's it's high profile companies having to respond to a lot of pressure. They release pressure from the valve, like you know, you turn the valve, get some pressure out of the pipe. And then when like everybody's kind of died down, you're like, all right, we're right. Can, we can go back to go back to normal doing. business. That's exactly what happened last year with the George Floyd protest. Remember mm-hmm. when every fucking company posted that black box? It was like going oh, blackout. Yeah. Hold on, out. what did they say? Side, we're gonna have a conversation. We're gonna have a conversation. We're gonna start a conversation oh, around this. Whew. Every time I Thank see a, a man get shot by the by a cop, I'm like, we need a conversation. Oh, we need it. If they just had a conversation, it never would have happened. Yeah, easy. So there was a uh, a lot of people did like you know one year out reports and like aggregations and analyses on okay, all these companies that said they were going to do X, Y, and Z, what did they actually fucking do? Yeah, let's, and, let's uh, do a little digging on the, that. The the short of it is. Nothing really. <laughs> like, to the extent that they did... Like, there is some stuff, right? Like, I know Adidas put some money into um student debt relief. Right. Like, there, there's some, like, stuff here and there. There are some major companies like Nike because a large portion of their customers mm-hmm. really do care about that stuff. Yeah. And, like, Michael Jordan pledged, like... 10 million dollars 100 million dollars for like in the next 10 years so like you know education like funding for low-income like communities and whatnot so some companies did actually make that change but not a lot of companies are like multi-billion dollar companies you know yeah and 
the conversation that was started after the whole the, the George Floyd protests were like the magnitude of the conversations that they started and conversations in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. They didn't live up to how hard they went for that afterwards. Yeah. Those yeah. companies, they said they were going to do all this stuff. Yeah. And then a year later comes comes out nothing that really nothing happened. really changed. Yeah. The, the most that you hear is like, oh, we started like a nonprofit to look at like. You know, it's just like all these fucking random like words, and anytime you dig into it, it's it's always like, oh, we donated to like a nonprofit founded by black people yeah. to um like gentrify shit, which is like a complete side note. The amount of people who I saw um around like the George Floyd thing, and they and I get it. People want to like show us all the data. They want to like be an ally somehow, and they want to propose like good ideas to like help black people. The amount of people I saw advocating for like black people gentrifying shit was ridiculous. Yeah, like it's like, oh, I think black people should start opening up businesses in low income areas. Yeah. And then that'll solve the problems. Like you, this is just gentrification. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's still gentrification. It's gentrification. It's a little bit more so when white people do it. No, no, I, it's not. You don't think it's, so? No. What, what is the problem with the gentrification? Is that you're it opening the, up? Is it the race of the person or is it the increase in re, real estate value, which puts the poor people out of homes? I think the poor people out of homes is, the outcome of gentrification but my issue with the like you know that's 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 gentrification in yeah, general definitely real estate goes up yeah and it hurts the community around it yes but to me it would bother me more if it's white people who are profiting off of that instead of like black people who may have may have or people of color may have like climbed the social ladder i'm not advocating for capitalism i'm just saying uh-huh. that it's still gentrification is wrong no matter who does it but it bothers me more when it's white people actually profiting off of because they've been profiting off of people of color all this so much and for example uh-huh. marijuana industry right yeah. there's so many black people sitting in jail yeah, for yeah. like t- 10 grams of weed yeah but there's massive industries that white people own yeah of farms and all this and they're like profiting yeah. off of it now that that upsets me because it's like okay white people can profit yeah. off of it but black people are sitting in jail 100%. for it now if i saw black entrepreneurs maybe getting you know those farms those licenses yeah. to farm and everything I, I wouldn't feel as crazy or terrible about it because i'm like okay like that's that's already like something that's so culturally theirs uh-huh. that now they're just profiting off of it. They're making the best out of their situation. Yeah. Whereas white people go into these spaces and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, look at all this like, you know. But isn't that what, the, what like the black people are doing? If you're like, if you're just going into a poor area, invest like, like I, I hear what you're saying about like the legacy of it. Like I understand. Yeah. I understand that point. But like there is a difference between like just opening a small business and being successful versus like gentrifying which literally gets people killed killed yeah no again yeah i think and also i think there's something kind of like insidious about it where when white people do it no no no. when like (laughs) if like a person of color does it's like it kind of dispels this whole notion that like oh don't you don't we feel the same pain it's like i'm just trying to make my bread and you're i'm gonna step on you to do that yeah no i i I feel that like i don't want to focus on like the black thing because like there's a lot of like any any race can do it it's it's not the the act is wrong it's a white uh, issue in the sense that like as you pointed out white people in general have more wealth and money and capital up front to do it mm-hmm. but the capital is what affords your ability to do that yeah right and so actually I've, i pulled up this tweet while we were talking about this um you know just kind of going to the representation mm-hmm. thing and it's i think it's a two-part tweet so let me just read it real quick do it people tend to confuse visibility especially in entertainment with social progress but today school segregation bad as the 60s Wealth inequality, bad as the 80s. 
mass incarceration worse than ever Mm -hmm. educational inequality bad as ever most black kids end up downwardly mobile and then second tweet and this doesn't say anything about the rise of new threats black folks exposure to environmental hazards is increasing as climate change worsens black men lost more years of life during the pandemic than any other group racism doesn't sit still for comparison it moves that's that's super it's it's a fantastic because one one thing i did want to just and this is like a completely separate thing we honestly we can have an entire like episode based on this but environmental racism is fucking real like and and again it goes back to like the whole act of like feminism like what is feminism Mm -hmm. you know and like white feminism versus normal feminism it's like okay environmental activists are they really caring for the outcome of like what's happening with freaking you know factories being built in you know other neighborhoods or like the offset issues that come from capitalism dumping shit Mm -hmm. it's always affecting poor communities yeah like environmental racism really exists yeah why aren't we looking at everything like on a plain playing field why is it always like one group is like over the other I mean, I think uh, I, I'm not like super in depth with like the exact rhetoric or lingo of like the most high profile environmental groups. But generally speaking, I think as far as like environmental activists go, there is a at the very least like symbolically they, they do often point out that these issues are going to affect people of color yeah. first, uh, especially in, in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. That's pr- arguably one of the most like hardest areas where it gets hit yeah. you probably have a general idea that syria is like completely fucked right oh yeah and it is civil war in like 2014 2013 ish and people always point out like oh it's because of political repression and everything a lot of it was because of the droughts mm-hmm. where people couldn't you know create produce and feed themselves the droughts were like a novel thing mm-hmm. Scientists have pretty much confirmed this point. Like, this is because of climate change. Yeah. Climate change is making it so, like, the material conditions on the ground for these people is so much worse. Then that creates, like, political action movement because then they start demanding and asking for more. When we say things like, Miguel pointed out, like, the pandemic, and and this often has been pointed out that, you know, it's it's black people are disproportionately affected by it. Brown people are uh, are disproportionately affected by it. Like, specifically, not like brown people like us, but, like, Immigrants, people of color, yeah. Latin, Latin American immigrants. Yeah. And there is this, like, very stupid thing where people seem to think that, like, oh, isn't it racist to say that, like, the virus affects people of color more? There's no scientific base for that. Like, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, like, the social structures of the world. The Any, like, serious event, like a pandemic, is going to highlight those and make them even worse and exacerbate them. Yeah. It weakens them even more. Everybody was, like, worse off during the pandemic. If you were already near, like, the bottom of the boat yeah. and the boat starts sinking, you're underwater. Yeah, perfect analogy is how, just to take a look at the global scale of things, right? Like, the wealthier nations got the vaccine first, kind of got yeah. it under control. The poorer nations still haven't been able to like develop a vaccine or even get the patent for a vaccine. Yeah. The fires in California, sure, we've like, what have we seen that come out of California fires, right? It's like, oh, look at like Kim Kardashian's house almost burned down. All these rich neighbors are burning down. Yo, they can build a house like in a snap of a finger. Kim could build 10 homes. Exactly. 10 fucking nice homes. You know who fucking can't build another home? The person who probably worked for 20, 30 years and finally bought a house with all their life savings and now it's gone. So it's it's not a very hard concept to wrap your mind up around that like, oh, hey, when people, when shit happens, poor people get hurt even more because they're already in a disadvantaged position and in society and financial aspects of things. And people just don't 
understand that aspect of it and they're like well why are you saying black people get more affected bro like are you kidding me we're not talking about like yeah. anything genetic yeah this <laughs> like, is not a genetic no. thing this is like that's a, a very societal <laughs> economic it's, it's thing. so ridiculous how many people like seem to think that they're like oh that's fucked up it's like you're just an idiot I'm, yeah. i can't help you yeah uh, that's not my where is your mind stupid. going man where's your fucking mind let me pull another quote there's another quote i want to talk about like very briefly so the the tweet is encapsulating it as such detailing the grift economy of black intellectual and activist striverism dressed up as a collective uplift now that's a lot of fucking yeah, words, we, yeah. right? So let me I'm let me in here, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> let, let me read it, and then I'll kind of like give a, a short summary of it. None of this, the manufacturing of minor intellectual celebrities, the selective highlighting of black success narratives, mm-hmm. the fe- the feeding—I don't know what that word is—of black creatives who market to your own insecurities about identity and value, the never-ending stream of slogans and hashtags is germane to any legitimate social movement or intellectual renaissance. They are mirrors of our collective delusion, and we increasingly latch on to people who share and validate our delusions rather than challenge and critique them. We indulge in anger and performance rather than analysis. Mm-hmm. So do you remember there's like two books that people often cite? Because remember, George Floyd thing, everyone's like, oh, how do we help? How do we help? Everyone's like, read these nine books yeah. on how to be an ally. By black authors and stuff. Um, it's like, all right. Some of them were even by black authors. One of them was um, White Fragility by that woman, Robin D'Angelo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's also the guy, Ibram Kendi. He's, he's a bit more well-known. He's actually black, and he has a book about how to be anti-racist. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have pointed out that these are just people like creating a whole economy of jobs for themselves yeah. about teaching white people. Like you said, it's all about having a fucking conversation. Right. There's never any solutions. And like even Ibram Kendi, and this was actually like where I think he really masked off time for him. He um, had like a proposal to the, the Biden author? administration. Yeah, the author. Okay. He had a proposal to the Biden administration. It wasn't like a formal one, but it was mm. kind of like a like Here, an idea. This is what I think. He was like, oh, the Department of Justice should have a Department of Equity, I think. There's like a subset. I don't know if it would be under the Department of Justice or it would be its own cabinet. And he basically said like the Department of Equity has to hire people like me. Oh, Lord. And it's just like so fucking apparent to me that these are a lot of people are just like grifting and making a whole like job market around just like, hey – I'm going to teach you how to be anti-racist in this workshop. Spend an hour in the workshop when they come to your office, which they're already doing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, hell yeah. Like organizations and workplaces are hiring people to t- tell you to be anti-racist. And they're like, all right, we'll buy my next program. Yep. It's like it's a whole – it's it's a fucking like – um, what's it? A pyramid scheme. Oh, yeah. Well, not a pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme is like they, you buy and then – Yeah, you know, like the one but person But it's, it's a fucking grip. It's, it's a scheme, nev- basically. It's a, it's a scheme. It's never-ending. It's a capitalistic scheme that yeah. they're just – they're trying to take advantage of – the climate that we're in yeah. to make their fucking money. Yeah. It's always the bottom dollar, right? It like is. that's that's what the whole ESPN thing too. It's like Rachel Nichols, maybe if she was getting paid enough, she was she wouldn't have even made those comments or whatever. I'm yeah. I'm sure they're all making okay, like if if you're on TV, you know you're making a lot of money. Okay, yeah, like we, we even looked at um how much Maria Taylor was making and like in twenty twenty they bumped her salary. She got a raise. Yeah. Up to f- up to five million. Yeah. It was originally four million. Yeah, and like when I read that, I was like, I don't know how much I want to defend her because yeah. she's like, she's fine. Yeah, oh, she's she's hundred percent. And now she's um, doing the Olympics for NBC. Yeah, so she so yeah. it's like she's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, and she literally left ESPN after because the finals just wrapped up. Congrats, Giannis, he won. Um, sorry, did I say Olympics wrapped up? I meant the finals. Wrapped. The final, yeah. Uh, so the finals just wrapped up, and um, because of this whole thing, Maria Taylor left ESPN even she actually denied that five million dollars a year because 
Again, I'm not going to support her on this one, but she was like, I want more money. You know, I want Stephen <laughs> A level money. Stephen A is like top dog at ESPN. And I was like, oof, that's kind of rough. But then she left ESPN because of all the other stuff as well. And guess she just she got nabbed up by NBC. Now she's doing the Olympics for them and she's going to be doing the Super Bowl, Sunday Night Football and everything. Because, again, she is that kind of personality that people would want her on their yeah on their. No, she's good at what she does. Yeah. And she's, you know, get your bread. I get. Well, here's the thing. I say get your bread, but she was already making four million dollars. She got her bread. Yeah, she she owned like five Paneras at that point. She got, <laughs> yeah. she got bread for days. <laughs> so like that, that's that's the thing. When I when I life. say like get your bread, there's like at a certain point, I'm like you have your bread, you're just being greedy. Though. Yeah, we when I say get your bread, I mean people like yo, you're at lower social mobility yeah. status right now. Go fucking climb that shit and get your bread. Make sure you're okay. Your family's yeah. okay. Secure yourself. Yeah, but if you're making millions, yeah. like you're just hurting people at you're, that point. Yeah, at that point, it's, it's also like I'm sorry, you're a sports reporter. Yeah. Why the fuck are you making millions yeah. of dollars? Yeah, honestly. I, that's fucking stupid. So what happens when we go out to a party with some sisters, huh? What happens? Next thing I know, she's hooked up with Steve No-Neck Yamaguchi. Two of them all holding hands and shit like a couple of lovebirds. I think we've hit everything we needed to hit. Mm-hmm. We ragged on white women. We we talked about the ways in which we can approach uh, you know conversations about racial inequality. Mm-hmm. I don't... Stop. We need to stop getting the conversation. <laughs> well, that's the problem, right? It's it's we're in this bind where, because it's easy for me to say, oh, we need to stop having conversations and then we need to do action. It's like I don't even know what that looks like. That's yeah. hard. That's a very what, difficult thing. Yeah. Well, how like we have just as a case study here, we have a country four or five hundred years of like slavery and prejudice and everything and like we're just sitting in a room like how do we yeah. correct this, bro? That's a big. We're task. two guys who were like coming because we got 2,000 views on one reel. <laughs> like, that's that's the most we've been able to do. And yeah. we're like, we're going to tell how you do how, we to, how do we start the revolution. It's like, we're not going to... Nah. There's like a whole thing with like podcasters like, you know, using that kind of language to be like, oh, it's a revolution. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's a podcast. Right? My arm hurts for holding this Yeah, mic. literally. I'm weak <laughs> as shit. Revolution happens. I'm like, I'm staying inside. I'm eating biscuits. I'm yeah. playing video games. But I think it's worth having. I think at the very least, where to start from just like a regular person who, you know, you, you got to work, you got you to gotta live your life. Mm-hmm. We understand that. Start interrogating different approaches and, and don't just assume like, oh, just because somebody said it, this thing is racist or anti-racist. Don't just assume it's like, oh, they have like the, the best way of looking right. at it. Start looking more like, are these, is this like $50,000 going to this? Is that really a good use of money for this? Mm-hmm. Like just because you say like, oh, it's going to fight anti-blackness we hired like 20 different diversity instructors yeah. like okay well no yeah that's if, not... if you, the word diversity is a kind of trigger for me like that usually indicates this is just kind of like bullshit yeah they're just kind of like meeting the quota or like yeah. not even the quota but they're just like checking some, it off our box like, hey like we 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 did this right like we yeah. got a diversity speaker yeah. to come in and kind of teach us about this yeah. dude in my company not naming names please don't at me or anybody who knows yeah. where i work um they went like last year when they when they did this they had all of their like higher executives get yeah. trained on like this this little specific thing like uh-huh. anti like your unconscious bias they had us yeah. go through training and stuff yeah. and all this other things and a year later i'm not sure what's changed up yeah, at that leadership board right we actually had a whole department meeting a, a, a week ago and mm-hmm. me just sitting back in the whole i was just sitting back and just like watching everything and we have all our seniors and like you know director there as well so i'm like scanning the room and everyone who was like of the higher positions like seniors and whatnot i only saw two people of color Mm. out of like maybe Mm. like nine ten people who were on up there one black woman one one black guy okay 
And I was like, damn, like, whatever. Like, now that we're talking about this, I was like, yeah. what happened to them wanting to hire more... Seems like they just did something Executive to, level yeah. folks. Because, uh, granted, associate level, our analysts, pretty diverse. Yeah. I will say that. But you're also, like, the, the labor force, though. Yeah, we're, like, yeah. the ones, you're like, like you're, back you're the office people. analysts and stuff. Yeah. That's diverse, but when you look up the ladder, nothing's changed. No. And that's, I think that's... That's the conversation maybe we should start. Yeah. Not the conversation about how do we do it, but like, hey, you said you were going to do this. Yeah. Why hasn't anything changed? Exactly. It's it's why is like structural racism always about like unconscious bias instead of just like just fucking hire people. Yeah, you're not just, gonna make just, a you're not gonna make a change in hiring yeah. an associate. Yeah. You're gonna make a change at that next like director uh, opening. You hire a black woman or a black guy or someone a person of color. You actually give yeah. them the a fair shake that you yeah. would. Away. I mean, I, I'm like. I say that, but I also don't want to like hyperemphasize like the whole like oh we need CEOs who are diverse because it's like when you're a fucking CEO or on a board, it's like I, you're probably just gonna be like exploiting the people. Oh yeah. Eating. See, yeah, but no, but there's like a point there, right? Like yeah. it, it's in general like the whole like oh just examine your anti uh, your your uh, unconscious bias thing is an endless pointless exercise nope. because like how do i like what do you mean i have to interrogate my unconscious bias before i can like talk about these things because it's, they're always gonna create new fucking words like oh actually this word means this now yeah. and so now it's gonna be this one it's a fucking endless grift but we don't have endless time yeah because i'm about to fall actually no i'm pretty wide awake now yeah we had like i had like two cups of coffee this morning i literally had like iced coffee before i came oh, geez, before i left my house how's your head and it's a little bit going away I, I really I've been sleeping like shit I really think it's like my neck Oh yeah I've been sleeping like crap I wait. I sleep on my left sh- I end up in this position Where I'm sleeping on my left shoulder So when I wake up Can't feel the damn thing For like 45 You can't move your arms 45 seconds I'm like I can't yeah. move it I've done that once Where I was like I was trying so hard To move my hand And yeah. then like Like a second went by Where the blood came back yeah. And my hand It just rushes No it just rushes And my hand just like Flipped up But I still didn't have Enough power to stop it And dude I just Smacked the shit out of myself It just like It flares It's limp as shit He was like I think my hand was just like Smacking me like Stop sleeping on me bitch But this happened to me Like multiple times This past weekend Like that cannot be good for me Yes I I can't It's not good circulation Yeah (laughs) It's fucking on my shoulders and neck I need to do something about that I need a new mattress And uh Bed Not bed Pillows yeah. Whatever the fuck. Anyways, this has been episode eight. We're approaching our good old decade. Yes, sir. Decadeathon. Um, there is a chance, and we kind of touched on this last time. There might be two episodes where we, where only one of us is on here. Yeah. Potentially next week, and potentially like in two weeks after that. Yeah. That's a discussion to be had yeah. later. But anyways, this has been hot pocket. And here's okay. This is what I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a very formal request. Follow our page on Instagram, please. Then go to the link tree. And it has links for either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can use either one. Mm-hmm. Go on our page from there and then hit the follow button on that. Yes. So that way, one, that shows up in our demographics and statistics. Yes. Two, you will automatically be updated whenever we have an episode. And then please like, like literally like us on that thing. Yeah. You, I, give me a one star. I don't, please don't give me a one star. <laughs> but just give us a rating because that like juices up our numbers in the yeah, algorithms. Yeah, and then if we get interactions on there on Instagram, yeah. the next stuff we post gets a little bit more interaction. Yeah. It's just a part of the it's, algorithm. It's a drip for you. got to keep circulating. Yeah. You got to keep circulating. It's a, it's a positive feedback loop. But you know, if we you guys could do that, we would really appreciate it. And we'll, then when we make it big, we will literally talk about our original, our OGs, man. Our OGs, shout out. Y'all are OGs. You will not get any payment for it, <laughs> but you know, you'll ha- you'll get a shout out. Yeah, you'll get our respect. Yeah. When you say, Saad, share, I'm in medical debt. I'm in student Can loan you help debt. us Can out? you help us out? We're making like $700,000 each. I'm like, I, 
Look, pull yourself you up out. by the bootstraps like we did. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Raise up the bootstraps like we did. Come on, y'all. But thank you guys so much again. And we'll see. Well, maybe share. We'll see you. Yes, sir. Next time. All right. Bye.